Welcome, everyone, to episode 22 of Weekend Rental, the podcast where we discuss gaming and geek culture. Uh, as always, you can find us on iTunes and Google Play. Hey, and if you're feeling uh, feeling in the mood, why don't you leave us a review on iTunes? It really helps us out. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, reach out at weekendrentalpodcast at gmail.com. Um, my name is Ryan, and as always, I'm joined by Andy. Hey. And Justin. Hey, everyone. All right. So we are going to dive right into Buy, Rent, Burn as usual. If you are not familiar with the podcast, Buy, Rent, Burn is a segment where we each individually pick three games for a given system. We'll play them all and then give our opinions on whether we would buy, rent, or burn each game. The system of choice this go-round is the Game Boy Advance. Uh, Andy has gone with CT Special Forces. Justin has selected MX 2002 featuring Ricky Carmichael and I've gone with Digimon racing. So let's go back up to the top um, and start off with Andy's pick CT forces. We'll hear a little bit about the game here. We'll go through the description. Uh, So the description for this game as part of the counter terrorist special forces unit. You have all the necessary means for putting an end to the threat of terrorism. Your team comprises highly trained soldiers who can do anything from dress and camouflage to initiating surgical strikes on the enemy. In both ground missions and air combat, you'll plunge into 12 levels that span jungles, cities, mountains, and deserts. You can equip your team with various state-of-the-art weapons, including assault rifles and rocket launchers. Multiplayer mode lets you team up with a friend to complete missions. So, Andy, can you tell us a little bit more about this game after having some hands-on? So, yeah, this game is... uh... It's a lot of fun. It's a it's kind of like a Contra esque type game. You're going to the right, kind of go up, down, left, right, yeah, and you're shooting guns. Switch A-B-B-A out weapons. A start. Doesn't quite have that, I don't <laughs> think. But uh, <laughs> I guess I didn't check. <laughs> uh, but overall, I I I kind of enjoyed it. I the graphics were actually pretty good for a Game Boy Advance game too. But maybe that's just because they weren't trying to do too much with it. It was more like uh, 16-bit yeah, style graphics. So, Well, and I'd say like it reminded me... The Contra thing is... That's a good reference. Like That's a pretty close connection. But I felt like it was more of a rip-off on... Not so much a rip-off, but maybe like in the vein of Metal Slug. Um, especially Metal Slug Advance. I feel like this was very close to that game. Um, which is a pretty decent game in its own right, but it's like sort of off base feeling for the metal slug series where I feel like this game kind of gets away with it because it's not leaning on that, you know, franchise. And, uh, yeah, it was really good. I, like you said, I think the, the art style was pretty good and, you know, it, it's kind of what you expect from this game. Um, but it was much better than I expected from something that looked as generic as, you know, CT special forces. I mean, it just looked like some budget (laughs) title and I was like, wow, this is actually a really solid game. Yeah, you gotta love the Metal Gear Solid uh, reference too, right off the bat, where you're talking to your uh, general. Oh, I totally missed this. Yeah, I don't remember that. Okay, so like when you start your first mission or whatever, you're you're talking to your general, mm-hmm. and it's it's the same like codec conversations that you have in Met- Metal Gear. Okay, see, and I I saw that, but like I was just pressing A to like skip through it to get to the game. So sure, that was my mistake. 
Yeah, it's it's it was not like nothing like funny or anything like that. It was just mainly like you could tell like the screen was green, like all that stuff. Like they were trying to imitate that pretty hard, I think. Well, it's kind of cool that it doesn't like really try to hide the games that it's lifting features from. But, it, you know, the fact that it lifts them and then creates something that's kind of unique in its own right is impressive for a game like this. Yeah. I will say the thing that really bothered me was, um, you know, kind of looking back at like Contra or Metal Slug is that it's one shot kills to enemies. Uh, it got really frustrating when like every enemy, even the base ones, took like three hits. It seemed kind of needless because then you're just like waiting on the edge of the screen because they'll run back left and right, you know? Um, yeah. So that got old after a while, but it didn't really take away my enjoyment of the game. It just slowed it down more than I felt like was necessary. Yeah, I right. Think that was the biggest thing that bothered me was the the like patrolling back and forth with the enemies where they'd walk off the screen. So you'd have to scoot closer and then they'd come back quite quick and walk right on you. Yeah. Well, at least there was no like clip damage though. Like if they walked into you, it didn't hurt you. Right. It was only yeah. if they shot you. So like you can hug yep. the guy next to you, <laughs> but it's not going to do anything. But if he shoots you, you're in trouble. Yeah, I didn't realize that I wouldn't take damage, so I was trying to avoid them for the longest time, and then finally, it ended up where they walked right through me, and I was like, oh, okay, makes it much easier. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I was a little thrown off, too, by the end of the stage, where you just, like, get to the red flag, and I'm like, oh, cool, this must be the end, and I walk up to it, and literally nothing happens, and you must oh, have yeah. to, like, press, like, up A or something, and then it registers, to, but... Yep, yep. How bizarre is that? Like, I wonder how many people just like walked off that ledge thinking it was a checkpoint and then they lost all their progress. <laughs> I yeah, did the same thing. Like, I got up there and I stood there and I was like, all right, well, maybe it's timed. Like, I have to stand here for a second. No. Um, so I just started pushing buttons and then finally advanced. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the main guy you're looking for, you're like, oh, he must be a boss. And he's like, no, he just stands there and takes your bullets. Doesn't do <laughs> right. Anything. Yeah. What the hell? You just like shoot him in the ass from below. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know. I was kind of really impressed with what I thought was going to be a generic piece of trash. Yeah. Apparently there's like three of these too. Nice. On the Game Boy. I might have to check them out. All right, should we move on to Justin's pick? Justin has gone with, as we mentioned before, MX 2002 featuring Ricky Carmichael. I'm not sure how important the Ricky Carmichael piece is to all of this, but um, the description, the biggest extreme sport just got bigger. Prepare for new levels of immersion, authenticity, and compelling gameplay with MX 2002 featuring Ricky Carmichael for the Microsoft Xbox. I think this is wrong. This is the description <laughs> for the Game Boy Advance one on. So just substitute Microsoft Xbox with Game Boy Advance because this is not right. Uh, ride like a champion, compete for Rockstar status in freestyle mode, or just cruise the open terrain for your moto kicks, featuring jaw-dropping graphics, awe-inspiring speed, and a perfect blend of traditional racing and free ride madness. Um. Yeah, that was very much not the right description that's on Game Facts, but more or less accurate, I guess. Can you tell us some more about the game, Justin? Well, it's about what I expected for a Game Boy Advance game. Like, I, I'm not really a huge fan of handheld games. I never really got into them. Um, 
so when I seen this, I was like, well, we'll try it. I enjoyed a couple of the other Dirtbag games later on, I suppose. Maybe. Maybe later on. I don't know. There was a couple of Dirtbag games that I did enjoy. So I was like, I'll pick this. Um, it's, it's really hard to tell the turns. <laughs> and the, the whole track was just kind of tough to drive around because you can't judge anything by depth. Um, and then just the crashing as soon as you hit the edge was kind of frustrating. Um, also, I don't know if there was much sound because my sound was broken for it. So <laughs> I was hoping that it would have a good soundtrack at least. I can tell but, you, you didn't miss much. If that okay. makes you feel better, <laughs> <laughs> not bad, just completely forgettable. <laughs> yeah, that's about what I expected after playing it. That it would probably have been not very good sound either. So. Um, overall, I wasn't really impressed with it. I was kind of hoping, you know, that it would be a decent handheld playable game, but I don't feel like it was extremely playable. Yeah, I mean, basically, this is one of those games on the Game Boy Advance where they tried to kind of replicate what the FX chip did on the Super Nintendo. Um, you know, the, the Game Boy Advance is a little more horsepower in the pseudo 3D um, arena, and not many of the games that went that direction pulled it off well. And I feel like that's kind of the case here. Uh, they, they focused kind of the full focus on this game. You can tell is trying to create like a pseudo 3d environment. And, you know, like you said, the tracks are ridiculously narrow. You can't because of the verticality of the levels, which it's even tough to distinguish that it's vertical or not. You just come over like a, a line and all of a sudden you're flying down over a corner that you're going to crash because like you said, <laughs> as soon as you run off the road you crash and the courses are extremely narrow then the other problem is like the bike and character sprites are massive and if you clip the edge or you clip another rider you flip over or sometimes the other computer riders clip into each other and then fall over and then they just like yard sale right in front of you so basically like everyone on the track just flips over each other and there's like a big pile of bikes that you can't avoid uh which is incredibly frustrating uh <laughs> I will say like it's playable, but it's, you know, totally forgettable. But, and the thing I think that bothered me the most, um, well was one, I've seen FX games done better on older hardware, like the super Nintendo. Uh, but this, the big thing that killed it for me was you complete that first lap and you realize like, Oh shit, it's been two minutes and I just did one lap. You know, it, this is a portable <laughs> handheld game. Like two minutes should be your entire race. Like six minutes around that course is just excruciating, and by the time like you finish a few races, there's there's very little desire to pick that up and go back. I think. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 pretty rough because like uh, it's kind of in the style of a lot of those really old games too. You know, Outrun, Pole Position, all those too. And it, mm -hmm. I feel like those are more pleasing to look at than <laughs> than this thing is. I feel like, like the slopes and everything. It's like I was driving around on a Marble Madness <laughs> track or something. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I guess it's. I, I don't blame them. I. It's a little tough to do this, but uh, a lot of them they should they should have done like a top down view. I feel like instead, because like from this point of view, the thing that makes like dirt bike games like challenging even all the way back to excite bike is the timing of hitting the the downside of a ramp right and right 
like you can't do that in this game like you see the front of the ramp you can't see how far away that other the downside is or anything you can't do that so there's like no real skill in that part of this game i don't think yeah that's an excellent point it's more just like a a, uh, process of trying to stay in the middle of the track and anticipate what's over the next jump at least the first time through yeah i don't know that like changing the pitch like you know i noticed you could change the pitch on the bike in the air but i don't think it does anything like it right i mean it moves slightly but like it yeah like like you said like the whole skill factor to that in most good dirt bike games is gone yep plus maybe i was missing something but i took major issue that this was featuring ricky ricky carmichael and i could not find him on the list he's the one i started with it was literally the one is it okay okay maybe Uh, i missed it then i must have missed it um yeah i don't know about the the pitch thing because you can't see what's coming so you can't adjust anyways even if there was something to adjust for (laughs) right (laughs) like that's a pointless addition to me I, i feel if they would have made the angle behind the bike a little bit steeper instead of looking like straight at it if they would have lifted it up so you had like a little bit overhead view or like you were saying straight above it would have been a little bit better yep or even like a tony hawk pro skater conversion like how they did the pseudo 3d like just an isometric angle the game would have ran a whole lot better and there'd have been a lot more real estate to see your bikes on the screen you know yeah i don't know it's definitely like they went more for like the wow factor of how this looked like if you looked at a still screen of this, you could be forgiven for thinking that this was a game that was going to run in 3D on the Game Boy Advance. And then you play it, and you're like, in reality, this is running at like 10 frames a second. And looks like vomit, <laughs> and that's too bad because <laughs> they probably could have made a decent game had they not tried to do too much graphically. Yeah, but what are you going to do? Ricky Carmichael was really hot in 2002. You had to put him on everything, so. Mm. I got a I got a tattoo of Ricky Carmichael on my mid back. So, really, the Fox Racing logo with it, or uh huh, yep, yep, yep. Pretty proud of that. No regrets. <laughs> 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 All right, so let's move on to the last one. Um, Digimon Racing, uh, my pick. Uh, so the description for this one: If you thought Digimon didn't drive cars, you're wrong. Well, technically, they're not cars; <laughs> they're carts. Uh, in Digimon Racing, the Digimon crew just got their first set of wheels and they're ready to tear it up with more than 15 tracks. As your favorite Digimon character from the animated TV series, you'll drive a car through lava fields, jungles, and cities in a variety of game modes, including single race, cup race, boss challenges, and time trial. Link the Game Boy Advance systems together with the Game Boy Link cable uh, for head-to-head action up to four players. Basically, if you're unfamiliar, Digimon was uh, sort of a I guess Pokemon ripoff um, back in the day. It was an animated series. And this game is a ripoff of Mario Kart. Uh, it's basically just Mario Kart with Digimon characters. Um, now the whole premise with Digimon, the series and in this game is that they're digital monsters that can evolve. Um, so they do use that to some effect. There are patches on the course that make your character digivolve. Um, if you get hit, you shrink back down. So you de-evolve. Um, And that will affect your speed, your handling, like the weight of the cart. Uh, And it will also give you um, character-specific attacks, just like you see in Mario Kart. 
Um, I will say I was a huge fan of Digimon that first like couple of years, the first run up to the movie. Uh, I really liked, even though I was way too old for it. I think I was probably a senior in high school, junior <laughs> at, at the earliest. Um, and I'm a big fan of Mario Kart as are a lot of people, but this game just feels kind of off in a way that lets you know that this is just kind of a cash in, um, on both the the franchise and the Mario Kart game itself. I, I will say the biggest problem I had with this game is the knockback. Um, the hit detection, if you hit something, your character flies back really fast and very far. So if you find a spot where you like clip a on-road obstacle or uh, the side of the road, it can really screw your game up quickly. Um, and then other than that, I just found it kind of to be a mediocre imitation of a much better game. I don't know what you guys thought of this one. Yeah, I guess I never really got into the whole Digimon stuff, but um, as far as the game, I felt like it was, like you said, fairly similar to Mario Kart. Um, I, again, struggled with the judgment on the curves. Um, It just, I felt like it slid so far compared to what Mario Kart would have. And just the the play was not nearly what I was hoping it to be. Um, I didn't really understand the whole patches and stuff, but yeah, I ran over like a, a grid thing and the guy that I was using, he was like three times the size that he should have been. <laughs> Digivolved. <laughs> it Digivolved. <laughs> you didn't hear it when they but... yelled it every time? Digivolve. No, my sound was broken for. <laughs> oh, the, see, you missed out on this one. Game Boy Advance. It was, it yeah. was good. <laughs> for some reason, the the three games here didn't have sound. Everything else did. You know, and it's it's funny you mentioned like the the controls. You know, the sliding feeling off from Mario Kart, and I think that's like what really screws somebody up because if you're familiar with those games, it instantly doesn't feel right. I think maybe if you didn't have previous experience it might feel more normal, but the digivolving and then going around the corners, like those first couple times when you re- you don't quite realize that digivolving changes how your cart handles drastically really screws your game up. And it kind of like throws off the consistency in the gameplay. Like it's a cool feature, but it almost screws you over more than it helps you. Yeah. Right. Cause it's, it's like you're, you're driving as like, Toad, Yoshi, and Bowser all at the same time, depending right. on what stage you're at, you know? Yeah. That that that's how it feels anyway. Um but I I I totally wrote this game off when it came out. Like I was big time into Pokemon at that point, and you know, this about this point, Pokemon was getting really deep into the, you know, the sequels. They're like, we're really gonna get into the strategy and make a really, you know, really deep systems in this game. And Digimon are like, I don't know, put them in some cars, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> and I thought that was wrong, but the box says I was, you know, that that apparently they belong in cars. So I, I'm sorry, <laughs> but, uh, it, yeah, I was just kind of surprised like how much it actually got close to, you know, Super Circuit on the Game Boy Advance for uh mario kart and then you throw in like that that patch stuff that's more reminiscent of like an f-zero i guess right yeah exactly 
So it's kind of like a mix of F-Zero and Mario Kart. But yeah, the, the controls are not quite up to snuff compared to Mario Kart. But like you said, does that make it a bad controls or just that it's different, you know? Right. And I think that's the thing is like, I think if you're used to what it should feel like based on Mario Kart, because it looks and feels like it sounds like Mario Kart, but the handling is off, you know? Yeah. Um, and then you get a little bit of like almost twisted metal in there too with those boss battles. So at the end of each circuit, you fight a boss to complete that and move on to the next race, which kind of just consists of a Mario Kart-esque battle arena where you just have to pick up power-ups and shoot them at the boss. Three hits and they're done. Um, all the while while you're trying not to take damage and de-evolve. Um, and I don't know that that really added anything. So, yeah. Know. So I played that course that's called like Toyland or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's a field and, you know, and it, the, the walls to it are blocks that look like Lego blocks, almost all different colors. So like, it's a straight rip off of yeah. like Super Nintendo Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Pretty much. It's like, wow, you guys got some balls on there. You know, like, just make them a solid color wall instead of, like, different colors. Yeah. It wasn't too subtle about, again, where that it got its influences. It's it's kind of funny, because, like, this and CT Special Forces, like, you can definitely tell they're games that leaned heavily on properties that already existed. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. <clears throat> well, let's go back up now through the list. Um, start off with Andy and do our picks for buy, rent, burn. Um, Andy, what are your selections this time around? Uh, for my buy, I'm going to pick uh, Digimon Racing because that really surprised me how how well they pulled that off compared to a lot of other racing games that might be mentioned further down this list. But <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 not as good as Super Mario Kart and all that, but it it it's a good approximation. I felt, and I guess the the evolving stuff is kind of annoying, but at the same time, it's an interesting idea to bring into a racing game like that. So at least it's fun to play for ten minutes or whatever, you know, when you have time. But uh, my rent is going to be CT Special Forces because that's a pretty solid game, action game overall on the Game Boy. Um, I, I kind of got frustrated w- with the maze a little bit, but I think that's more that, hey, you get to explore a little bit, but, you know, you do all this work and then there's just some ammo for a weapon up there or something. And it's like, okay, that's fine, but that's not really <laughs> why you're why you're uh, playing that game and then having to shoot those guys like five times to kill each one. So that got annoying. Um, but overall, not too bad. And my burn is going to be Ricky Carmichael. He's, he's got to go down in flames here. (laughs) I didn't Uh, like that game one bit. (laughs) Like I've played decent games like that before, but like that was just, it was just bad. Like the turning and stuff just did not feel good in it either. So. 
if if that's your whole crux of like the skill of it is just the turning, you got to make that good. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Justin, how about your picks? Um, well, I'm going to go a little bit different here. My buy is actually going to be CT Special Forces. Um, I, I thought that game played pretty well. Um, it's not typically the type of game that I would really enjoy, but um, it was actually a pretty fun game um, for what a handheld would be, I guess. Um, my rent is going to be Digimon Racing. Uh, I feel like it had its moments where it was fun, and for the most part, it did play pretty good. Um, that the turning was a little bit loose, and I guess when you, now that you mentioned that when you evolved, it did change. So uh, it's kind of a neat feature. Um, I didn't really realize it until now, but um, that would be my rent. My burn is gonna be. Ricky Carmichael, just because that game was not fun. Uh, <laughs> I like how it starts had, out with MX2002, but we're deciding to pit, pit the blame on Ricky Carmichael specifically. He, put, he put his name on it. It, it yeah. stamped him. It's, you, you named it, gay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's not good. Like the, the biggest issue for me was the camera angle and the turning. If, if that would have been any different, this could have had potential, but yeah. Well, I, uh, you know, I, I gotta say there wasn't like a standout game in any of these, but I'd agree with Justin. I, I, I really liked CT Special Forces, and I was actually impressed with what I thought was going to be like a crap budget title. Um, that was a really solid game, and you know, you make a good point, Andy, in talking about like the maze. Um, it was a little frustrating, like trying to navigate because it isn't so clear how to navigate the level um, until you've stumbled around a little bit but I kind of like the verticality of the levels changes it up a little bit um, I would I would sink some more time into that one so it'll be my buy my rent I really love Digimon like the original property um, <clears throat> and obviously I like Mario Kart I, I think that this is a decent you know tie-in license game um, that tries to be Mario Kart. It's not quite right, but it's good enough to pick up and rent. And, um, you know, I just like that my character yells, Digivolve! Every time I uh, run over a patch and get larger. It's, it's great. <laughs> and then I also will torch Ricky Carmichael and his POS MX 2002 game. That is a visual and... Um, control broken like nightmare that is just it does nothing right at all it's just like the epitome of mediocre trash and it's playable i mean i would never say that you couldn't sit down and play that game and get through it but would you enjoy it and i think you know at the end of the day i don't think anyone can say yes i like this game i mean that's that's a big thing no it's like the epitome of the, the, the age of where somebody made it, you know, had a license to a game and then they're like, they just made decisions on what systems to put it on by like how many people had that system, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Well, 
and like this was the beginning and like that was right in the time frame that was like the beginning of the wave of like the onslaught of like dirt bike and atv racing games like it was just a sea of like forgettable trash yeah and it's all ricky carmichael's fault it started here folks yeah yeah that's why uh travis pastrana is still around today he didn't put his name on shitty Should he now he just backflips, you know, tricycles <laughs> off of jumps for fun. <laughs> Great career choice. <laughs> and we laugh, but he's a millionaire, so yeah. I guess he had it right. <laughs> uh, well, another Byron Burn in the books. It was uh it was a pretty memorable one. It was kind of fun to play some games I'd never really given a chance before. And turned out to be, for the most part, pretty good. All right, so let's get right on into the core of the podcast here. Um, talk about what's going on in the world gaming pop culture uh what we're playing i'm gonna start off uh this this episode just talk a little bit about teenage mutant Ninja turtles 4 for the super nintendo turtles in time um i picked that up at mgc finally got around to playing it in the last week or so um and man what a great beat-em-up that is i mean that is the pinnacle of like couch co-op beat-em-ups i mean I had my kids sitting down here. We were trading off controllers and uh, yeah, everything about that game is just fantastic. Yeah. As soon as that first time you throw somebody at the screen, like that's just amazing. Like like that's where it jumps off in that game. Yeah. And then I went into the settings and like changed the, cause you can change the art style for the turtles, like television show or comic. And if you go comic, then like you're, you know, the certain characters are like a little bit darker green. So it's kind of easier to pick them apart on TV, on the TV screen. Um, but I really liked that. I'd never, I'd never done that before, but like it, it makes it a lot easier with little kids like mine who, you know, kind of lose their character being they're both somewhat similar. Sure. But then aren't they, if they're comic, aren't they re- all the red bandanas then too? See, and that's what I thought it would be, but no, they're not. They, they keep them. So it's oh, weird. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Cause I was like, well, this is going to switch. And they're all going to be red, but they, they weren't. <coughs> and then, um, I got busted too, because I don't usually like, I don't play games down here with my kids. Like when I come down to play games at night, cause everybody goes to bed. But I had put that game in and I started playing like the first level and I was like, ah, this is fun, but man, this is way better with like another person. So like my daughter, we let our kids watch one show before they go to bed on like the Roku's or whatever. And we set the TV timer 30 minutes. It shuts off. They fall asleep. And I went in there and asked my daughter, I was like, Hey, do you just want to come out here and play a game with me instead of watching your show tonight? <laughs> She's like, sure. <laughs> so I had her out on the couch and we're playing and then. My son, like I always say goodnight because my, my daughter's bedroom's in the basement here with my game room. My son's on the main floor with us. And he, I always say goodnight before we go down. And for whatever reason, that night he decided to come downstairs and tell me goodnight again. 
and completely busted me and his sister playing oh. video games on the couch when he was supposed to be going to bed. And he was just like in the verge or on the verge of tears. And like, I felt so bad. I'm like, of course. <laughs> and I had to explain to him, I'm like, son, this isn't normal. I don't usually sit down here and play video games with your sister while you're in bed. <laughs> <laughs> so then we all played for a while and my wife scolded me, but it worked out. So. <laughs> That's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, fantastic game. I I wish I had picked it up a long time ago because I loved it as a kid and it's great to have it in the collection now. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't really been playing much outside of the same stuff as like Far Cry. I did build, I did end up getting Labo just because all you people are bad influences. <laughs> Hey, you you said I set a good example and that you learned that it wasn't for you. What happened to that, Andy? I, exactly. That's the problem. But then you said it was fun, so somewhat. Yeah, fun and extremely tedious. Yes. Uh, wait till you build that piano. The <laughs> I think there's like 13 or more keys that you need to build on that thing. And that is tedious. Yeah, I I can honestly say we have not built anything since the last time we talked about it. So you're already further into the kits than I am, which more power to you cuz like <laughs> I'm afraid to do that stuff. Yeah, I figured to get the big one out first, right? That's the, that's I think that's the longest one it said, so Oh, really? The piano is? Yeah. It's probably the coolest one though, too, just like functionality-wise. Yeah, like as you're building it, it's like seeing how it works is like really cool really awesome but it's how to just yeah it's just a shitty piano you know <laughs> like <laughs> how did your uh how did your kids take to it i know you were worried about you know the ages and stuff kind of like mine yeah my oldest one stuck in there the whole time on both projects so wow yeah he he had a lot of fun with it he wasn't able to bend and fold the cardboard as like accurate as you need to. So sure. I, I did most of that, but he was engaged with it. So I think he learned how some of it works too. And that's important, you know? So well, that's really cool. And I think like, you know, that's at the end of the day, like that is the point of Labo, right? Like, I think that's what Nintendo was going for. So that's cool. Yeah. Well, and as being a programmer in my daily life, I love, I, I want to go into that area where you can like develop things yourself. Have you seen that? Yeah. They like make a guitar by putting like rubber bands around your switch. And then you just program the areas that you're strumming to make different sounds. It's like, that's crazy. So you can program pretty much anything with like different sounds at different areas and touching and yeah, a whole bunch of stuff. That is pretty cool. I I've kind of wanted to look into that too, but like, where you're thinking of like making guitars and stuff, I've just been thinking of like, how can I make a really awesome drinking game out of Labo? Like that's been my, <laughs> that's where my, my head's been at. I was like, I want to make a drinking game, but it's Labo based. That's pretty good. Yeah. I like that. It, idea. It's really not that good. It's really stupid, but that's where I go. So. Do you have to, you have to build everything out of beer boxes though, right? 
Yeah, or red solo cups. And then, yeah. you know, you got to get the stickers, the sensor stickers. I'm not sure how this is going to work yet. Um, I'll figure it out, you know. Yeah. It's a work in progress. The Labo Drinking Olympics. I love this. I'm sure this is what Nintendo had envisioned it <laughs> yes. being used for. Um, but, you know, they're in luck because I'll never pull it off or find the ambition to do this. So it's it's fine. I think even if you did, you'd be like the only person that'd be like, look what I did. And they're like, wow, yeah, that was a gigantic waste of time. It's it's like the saddest drinking game in the world because it's just one guy drinking alone in a basement. <laughs> it's like you created alcoholism. That is not a game, sir. <laughs> yeah, well, it's Careful, cool. You go down that road, you'll be building a cardboard house for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's preparation for the future. <laughs> well, I'm glad you picked it up and you guys had some fun with it. Yeah. Now I need to get on it and build the rest of those pieces with my kids here. Yeah, it's it's totally worth it, especially that one. I don't know about the robot one, but like the games aren't that deep. But overall, like just building the stuff, the amount of hours that you get out of it, it's totally worth it. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's better than a Lego set for sure. Yeah, I agree. It's it's a good um, time to cost ratio on that for sure. Yeah. And uh, speaking of Switch, they just announced their uh, online service. Which again, <laughs> yeah, they kind of went deeper into like how much it costs, like what you get out of it, and doesn't seem like a lot of people are very positive about it. Can you give us the rundown here? Because I, I did not realize they'd given updates. Sure. So the pricing for it is uh, basically $20 a year, which is better than the other you know, competitors. Right. Then they have like a family membership for 35 a year, which you can split up to seven other people. So like, you know. Hey, Andy, we're family now. Yeah, exactly. Like people know <laughs> that that's how that works. It's not. Like, are they that stupid or they're just like, yeah, whatever. I don't know. They have to know that, right? No. I mean, I, I think Nintendo just learned what the internet was like <laughs> 2013. So yeah. they're probably just that ignorant to it. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's going to try and scam us for sure. Um, one of the big things is that came out was that, hey, you're going to have uh, cloud backup data for your uh, saves. Oh, finally. Okay. Yeah. So that's what's the caveat to this though? You're ma you're making it seem like there's a but. No, not really. It's just that that's in the paid service. You don't get that for free. So now, if I back up all my saves and my switch takes a shit, can I re-download that to a new system? Do they specify that? Um, I would think so. I don't. I don't know okay. if that's on this service, or if that's just to your Nintendo account. I don't know. Okay. Um, and then they're doing. Uh, 20 free NES games to play, and it says it has online multiplayer, whatever that means. So I don't know if that's like, hey, it's your turn to play, so it's like passing controller digitally or something. I don't know. So they just give you, like, from the outset, 20 that everyone gets, or you get to pick and choose as they roll it out, did they say? You get 20 from the outset, and they would be adding more, I believe. Uh, they only announced 10. You get soccer, tennis, Donkey Kong, Mario Brothers, <laughs> Super Mario Brothers, 
Balloon Fight, Ice Climber, Dr. Mario, Legend of Zelda, and Mario 3. Cool. I got three good games in there. I'm excited for that. <laughs> oh, and I already own all of them multiple times over. Yeah, exactly. Consoles, but that's... yeah. Why does their insistence with bl- fucking Balloon Fight... Why do they keep hanging on to that like that's a prized possession? <laughs> I know. That's got to be an Awada a thing game. or something. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, I don't I don't get that one either. Um, so no virtual console, no voice chat. And I realize they already have voice chat, but they're not going to do like a proper through this service voice chat party system. I have not heard that. No. Because that to me is like the thing that's... Okay, so there's... You've got games like Doom and Wolfenstein and all this coming to the Switch, and they're being ported and they play better than they have any right to. But if I can't hook up in a proper online voice chat, like multiplayer party system, like they're never going to capture <laughs> that core. I mean, that's a core section of gaming. That's like a, not a niche thing. That's like half of gamers today expect that in a lot of what they do. Like that's a big hurdle. Yeah, because I can over, I I can completely overlook like with Doom, I can overlook the fact that it isn't the prettiest version of Doom, but if you're completely foobarring the multiplayer portion of that because you won't give me the thing that I've come to be accustomed to for the last fifteen years or more, <laughs> I mean, what are you doing? Yeah, I I think they they're still in the camp of like, hey, a lot of the hostility on Xbox Live and all that come from voice chat. So they just want to, like, I don't think they want to delve into that to be like yeah, the thing family is, is friendly, like, but yeah, but I was, that's just, you kind of tied right into what I was going to say. It was like family friendly, but you know what the worst shit is on Xbox live fucking eight year old kids with a headset. <laughs> yeah. Like they are the biggest filth on, on most of those services, like eight to 13 year olds. Like it's ridiculous. I mean, I, I understand you want to cut down on that, but I don't know. I Nintendo has the ability to make like the switch. I mean, the switch is already a huge success, but like having that infrastructure, I mean, they, they really could leverage that into something where the follow up to the switch could be in the same vein and could be like the premier game system. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and it doesn't have to be premiere in the sense that it's like visually the most stunning, but it could have like the most robust, like all around, you know, portability, playability, voice chat. I mean, it's a bummer to hear that they're going to launch this quote unquote online service. And like the thing that you expect from the online service is not there, you know? Well, right. And then, you know, like the big thing they say is, hey, you can play online. You can play Splatoon online, Mario Kart. Well, you can do that now, you know, like you could have done that right. for forever on Nintendo consoles. So like that isn't that that isn't a bullet point. That's something you should be hiding, I think, because it's like that. I don't know. Like that's right. <laughs> you're just trying to get money out of people because that's what the others are doing. So why not? Right. Right. I mean, shit, at this point, <laughs> partner with like Discord, like put a Discord app on your thing that enables voice chat if you pay for this subscription also right you know what I mean? right i mean yeah it's frustrating because i don't know what i'm paying for here because to me if i'm 
the the proposition of online to me is the voice and party chat and friend system. So if that's not there, I don't really understand the value. Yeah, that's very true. If they, you know, get add a lot more games to it, other than these, you know, really basic NES games, I might be all for it. It sounds like it's kind of like a Netflix style. Some might enter, some might leave, that type of thing. So that makes it sound like it could be like third parties involved. Yeah, maybe. So when this launches then, like to your point, does Splatoon and Mario Kart and does that not free to play online anymore? Right. Like you yep. cannot do it without the service? Right. Yeah. Or I could go back to my Wii U and play <laughs> Mario Kart 8 online and Splatoon online for free, right? Well, until they shut that online down on Wii U, which has to be pretty soon, I bet. Yeah, you would think. So speaking of that, this kind of ties into a topic I wanted to bring up. The DK Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze release on the Switch. Um, There's been some controversy. Uh, I think to me, as a Wii U owner, it (laughs) I find it kind of offensive that this straight up simple port, I mean, granted, I know Funky Kong is in there, um, is releasing on the Switch as $60 when this game retailed brand new at a price point of $50 on the Wii U. So $50 was the most it ever cost. Uh, it was then a greatest hits game or a selects game that was $20. Um, it can still be bought at that. I'm sure you can find a store that's selling a shrink wrapped copy of that for the Wii U for 20 bucks. Um, so I don't, I don't know what to think about that. I think that's kind of, well, one, it keeps me as someone who like, I love that game. That's a great game, but it keeps me as someone who owns both consoles and a Wii U version of the game. Like I would, I wouldn't consider rebuying that for the switch. Right. Um, and arguably, I guess I'm probably not the target audience for that in that case, but <clears throat> it's kind of disgusting that they're just doing a quick port and like charging more for it. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Yeah. I mean, like, and then like getting rid of the digital version on the yeah, Wii U. That's right. They delisted it. Yep. Yeah. To scrub it, you know, that controversy, you know, from their public view at least, but yeah, it's that's a lot to ask. I mean, if if you want to charge a ten dollar premium on top of it, you know, go for it. I think. I think that's the premium that you pay for having it portable. But, but yeah, charging ten dollars above it ever was that's ridiculous. Right. So and forty dollars more than what it is now. But I mean, that's the, like the other thing too, though, is like, obviously they, okay, they want to recoup the money they put into these games that just simply couldn't sell to their potential on the Wii U because the audience wasn't there, but couldn't they have just added something and charged $40 and put it on the switch? Cause you're making a little bit less on each copy, but you're going to sell a shit ton more. Cause at $40, I'll be honest. I probably would have bought that. Right. And it, I mean, it's, it's just an added it's already a sunk cost, right? Like they already made right. it. It's not like they have to recoup anything at this point. They did all the bet on the Wii and or on the Wii U and it didn't work. So like if you can sell a few more copies at any price, it's a benefit, I yeah. think, you know, as long as it's a profit, but Yeah. 
I mean, it just kind of like, it's kind of that continuing trend of like, if it comes to the switch, it will cost $10 more. You know, it's just, it's even happening with first party ports, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, it's well, and then the, like the, the review yes, side of this yes. thing too. I mean, I, I can understand a little bit with funky Kong adding two hearts to, you know, making this game a little bit easier for this ridiculously hard game. Right. That changes that changes your aspect on how this game plays a little bit, but overall like the disparity between like what it's getting on the Switch compared to what it got on the Wii U is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, and so like what what you're kind of referring to like the 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 big one that led the outcry was GameStop, right? Uh GameSpot Game, had the, it, yep. GameSpot, yeah. So Wii U this game got a six out of 10 and then on the switch, I got a nine out of 10. Um, and like Andy stated, funky Kong is essentially like an easy mode to that. Um, uh, but it doesn't change the core gameplay at all. It just gives you like a handheld version, you know, like, uh, not handheld, but an easier mode, um, which doesn't quite add up to like a kind of drastic difference in review scores for what is essentially the same game. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, like, there was a gigantic amount of backlash to that game getting developed in the first place. Really? Because it was uh, made by Retro Studios. And everybody was just clamoring for Metroid Prime 4, you know, at that point. Sure, sure. And then when they announced, oh, we're doing Donkey Kong Country again, everybody just got in a hissy fit about it. And it turned out it's probably the best Donkey Kong game ever made, you know, really. I was just going to say, I think it is like legitimately the best polished version of that series. It is hard as hell. Oh, yeah. But as as somebody who owned the Wii U and like you were used to like all the handholdy shit that came out on like the Wii and the Wii U, it was kind of refreshing as like a, you know experienced gamer to get something that like legitimately challenged me and like made me put down my system and walk away and come back later and try. I liked it. Yeah. And, and playing as like Donkey Kong himself like that, you felt the weight of him and like the physics of how big he is, you know, in that game. And it's, it makes it extremely hard, but it makes it interesting as a platformer. Whereas Mario, Mario is a flat Italian plumber, but you wouldn't feel it by the way he, runs and jumps you know (laughs) yeah that's a great point great point so i kind of in keeping like we'll we'll just stay on the nintendo train here um they kind of recently reaffirmed that you know you get a ticket for what it's worth i mean they're just stating this for the time being things could change in the near future um but they kind of doubled down on, no, we are going to continue to support the 3DS um, throughout at least this fiscal year. And I find that kind of surprising, um, given the success of the Switch and the age of the 3DS, as to why they're continuing to do that. And they pointed to the fact that there are a lot of, you know, low budget games there's a big install base for the 3ds the price point makes it something that parents would buy multiple systems for kids in a household 
whereas the switch is still expensive and it's it's not at that point um but i think everyone's just kind of like why is nintendo putting resources at least in my mind um game development wise into the 3ds and why is why aren't they focusing 100 percent on the switch i think is the big big question you know yeah, because I mean, any nobody's gonna buy a new 3ds. I don't think. I mean, right? You're you're gonna buy. If you do, it's because you had one before, and you're updating or something like that. But I can't imagine unless they get like to a whole new price point where it's like reaching a whole new customer. I just can't yeah. imagine that they don't already have it if they're going to. Well, on those two DSs, like man, when they go on sale, you're getting like sixty bucks, and you're getting two games packed in with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I don't know how much cheaper they could make that. And you know, you've kind of seen Nintendo take this stance in the past. Like I, I distinctly remember like the Game Boy Advance and the two DS rollout, and they were they were saying, you know, no, they're completely different and distinct, you know, channels that we're going to run things through, but. It's kind of interesting because at that point, Nintendo had a home console, they had the Game Boy Advance, which was wildly successful, but aging, and then they had a new handheld, right? So, if you eliminate one of those, you've still got a home console plus a handheld, where I think where they might be a little hesitant in this generation is, if you cut 3DS, you are a one console company, right? Like, your entire stream is based on one device. So, I wonder if that is part of the decision in lingering on with the 3ds when does the 3ds micro come out <laughs> you think it'll do a micro <laughs> it'll be on store shelves for like a week and then be instantly collectible <laughs> i think like a more likely scenario is they're going to <clears throat> i think they're going to run the switch through another set of um, hardware redesigns and revisions where it will be more cost effective. And I think we will see a Less piracy <laughs> handheld. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I think we'll see a, a handheld only version of the switch, to be honest, uh, that will just play all switch games. And like, maybe you can't do some of the stuff you could like docking wise, but the price point will replace where the 3ds is at. And then you'll also have like the home version of the switch. And maybe what they'll do is like being there already having problems with their NVIDIA chipset. Maybe they're going to be like a beefier version. So we'll get the switch XL plus, right. And then you're going to get the switch mini and they're going to be different markets, but then they'll all use the same games, you know, and there might not be a hundred percent compatibility. Um, but you know, if you can get to 90%, I mean, that's pretty solid or patch things in. Yeah. I would say that that would be tough, but they've done that in the past. I mean, that right. new three there's new 3DS games that require that, so it's like they're not afraid to do that. Although they only have like what four games that were, yeah, like reliant on that stick. Um, yeah, and maybe who knows? Maybe they'll do something where it's like, man, if you could, if you could, if they could come out with a revised version of the Switch that was like handheld and small that didn't have all like the Joy-Con stuff, plus it would run. 3ds games natively like that would be amazing or like emulate them that that will not happen i just think like the the internal architecture is way too different between those two but yeah who knows or 
how amazing would it be if we got like a 3ds player that like bolted onto your switch dock <laughs> that'd be pretty cool yeah I don't know. I, I guess overall, like that's just one of those things. Like I'm a little disappointed to hear Nintendo continuing on with it because the 3DS, like as a handheld, has had like an incredibly long life cycle already. I mean, you play games on that after playing games on the Switch, and it's tough. Like, yeah, it is hard to like get into those games. Hey, what are the games that are coming for it? Is it are they actually doing like top ones, or is it just like parading Mario Party out again or something? See, I feel like they announced a couple more like heavy hitters, but that's the thing is like past this year, I don't think they've said much. So sure. I suppose Luigi's Mansion. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. And that one pisses me off because I would buy that if it was on the switch, but you know what? I'm not going to bust out my 3ds to play that. Yeah. Like it's just, it's not the right fit for it. Yeah. I don't know. Justin, we've buried you in Nintendo talk. Why don't you, why don't you, uh, dig yourself out and tell us something that's not Nintendo related? I do feel like they're gonna make a cardboard container though for the 3DS to connect. Think to so? The Switch. Yep. <laughs> it's the Labo connection cable. <laughs> it only takes three hours to build. <laughs> um. Yeah. I guess basically, um, for me. I'm kind of excited. Sony had announced that they're going to allow uh, name changes. Sounds like in the next update here or update coming in the future. Um, so that's kind of exciting to be able to change my name to something that I actually want. Or something that's not your actual name. That's a real. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they're what? I don't know. 15 years behind. <laughs> Yeah, well, to be fair, they didn't really get online party chat systems, like, even working until PS4, so right. <laughs> they're getting there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that, that's one thing that I'm super excited for. Um, I also have, um, correction, I think podcast last one or the one before that had said that uh, State of Decay 2 was coming out last week. Um, it's actually the 22nd of this month. Um, so I'm still super excited for that. Also, H1Z1 is coming to PlayStation. Um, I believe it's right around the 22nd as well. And that's is there, is there a price point on that? Do you know? Yeah. Well, right now, if you have PlayStation Plus, you can get it for twenty three dollars. I think it is. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's supposed to be free. I was gonna <laughs> say, uh, wow. H1Z1 is free on computer. Right yeah. Now. Um, but this is, it's like a pre-order bundle, so you get a whole bunch of exclusive stuff. So I'm guessing, you know, once it hits release day, it'll probably drop to free. I don't know. Um, it, it seems kind of silly that they're going to charge when it's free on PC now. <laughs> but they could just as well have it free and have in-game purchases, transactions like every other game does i feel like i mean it's cool that h1z1 is coming but i almost feel like they're going to be too buried under the other stuff right now for that to really take hold but maybe i i agree um well it's been in the talks for what five years now that h1z1 or daisy was coming to playstation when ps4 came out (laughs) and now it's the first time 
I actually heard of it coming for sure, and that was when they announced the release date. Like there wasn't any talk before that. Um, it's just all of a sudden it's there on the store for pre-order. Like, it just seems kind of strange. If yeah, they're it's just crazy. Pushing it out because they're done with it and they don't care anymore. <laughs> huh. I don't know. I, I hope that it plays well. I'll probably end up getting it. Unless I have to pay 30 bucks for it. I don't want to do that. Yeah, um, I mean, that'd be a game I'd be interested in picking up, to be honest. Well, you know. Yeah, it, well, it's one of the original Battle Royale, I guess. But, or that style type. But, I guess we'll see. <laughs> um, also, you know, I've been playing a lot of Fortnite. No, you don't say. <laughs> that and Smite. But um, Fortnite, they have a limited time mode going on right now. That it's kind of falling in line with the Avengers movie, I suppose. Um, limited time mode where you can actually become uh, Thanos. So you get all of his, his abilities. You get the laser, the jumping. Um, I don't really know a whole lot about Thanos, other than he's in the newest Avengers movie. But it's kind of interesting. It's only um, solo mode, so it's everybody against everybody, no teams. And one person can be him. When that person dies, the glove drops to wherever you are, and whoever gets there first gets it. <laughs> Just it's pretty sweet though like to see them do like a tie-in of that caliber yeah. i mean that's got to be a huge license to get tied into a, a game that's uh, honestly though it's probably like mutually beneficial to both those properties at this point given like how big fortnite is in gaming it's like kind of the equivalent to like the marvel stuff in cinema yeah yeah i assume it's going to be a big you know combo between anything and everything that will that fortnite will promote well, yeah. yeah, everybody's going to be coming after Fortnite to promote their stuff. <laughs> well, and it's kind of like a marketing dream, too, because it's like they don't they don't have to take themselves seriously at all. Like Fortnite doesn't. And they have like right. zero lore to it. So it's not like they have to stay in some you know world that they be like, oh, Thanos doesn't fit our story. So he can't be in there, you know, like, <laughs> right. As long as they don't roll out a Doritos crash course Fortnite <laughs> game mode, <laughs> I think we're okay. Uh, uh, I haven't played it yet, but I probably will later here after after we're done here. I'll probably jump on and play it a couple times. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Do, can you snap your fingers as him in that game? <laughs> I'm not sure. Okay. I assume that's something significant. Yeah, that's in the movie. So Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna speaking of kind of like your corrections or whatever, but um this isn't so much correction as an update, but we talked about that Neo Geo teased console. Um <clears throat> so I, I, I don't know that it's hundred percent confirmed, but it looks like some online stores um, leaked images and it is going to be like a little mini tabletop arcade um, cabinet with like a 3 by 4 inch screen um, it will have a port in the side to hook in a second controller 
<clears throat> which kind of looks like it sort of looks like the Neo Geo CD controllers, like the smaller, like jelly bean shaped ones. And then it will also feature HDMI out so you can put it onto a television screen. Oh, okay. So awesome. <clears throat> our, our kind of initial predictions um, seem to be in line with, with what they're coming out with. Um, I don't think they've announced a price point yet. I think the rumor is there's 40 games, which I believe to be the same 40 games that are coming out on the Switch collection. I don't know if that's true. I haven't looked into it, but still very cool. Um, and something that I'm eager to get my hands on, I guess. It's kind of weird that it doesn't look like an MVS, though. It is, right? Yeah, it's just very like white. It's almost like the... Uh, it reminds me a lot of the candy cabs from japan like almost that style yeah maybe that's kind of what they were going for yeah but yeah it would have been cool to see like a couple of variants you know like i would have loved to have seen like the red and white along the side absolutely <clears throat> but i guess we'll find out more once it's like officially confirmed And luckily, it comes with like eighteen King of Fighters games, so you know that's good. That's only half of them. What are you talking? That's not enough. <laughs> I need all King of Fighters all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I guess in tying into Battle Royale too, going back to that and Fortnite, Justin, did you hear about those uh, arrests in China for the PUBG hackers? I haven't actually. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. So I guess the thing was, is like this group of hackers, it was 15 people or so that got arrested and they made cheat mods for PUBG, but the cheat mods actually allowed access into uh, the, once you installed it, it allowed access into those people's PCs to obviously gleam whatever data they saw fit. Um, <clears throat> and they were arrested and they were, uh, find uh, up to five million dollars for these these hackers. So wow, incredibly stiff penalties uh, for something like this, which I guess sets a good tone. But even at that, are you really going to scare enough people off? I mean, I'm not <laughs> sure. Well, I think if they keep up with that and continue to do that to everybody, it would be beneficial. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the thing is, though, they're probably not going to be consistent with it, and this will probably be the only time you see that stiff of punishment, which is kind of dumb. No, if you're using a name bot, you better be fined five million dollars from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think you're right. It would probably it set it sets a good example. Um, but I just think like the next wave of people who are up to something like that are just only going to be that smarter about it, you know, so that they don't get caught and put in those situations. So, yeah, you know, it's only a matter of time. Like, yes, it helps short term, but hackers and, you know, crooks always find a way, sadly, in this day. And well, I, I assume this one wasn't in regards to them being, you know, PUBG hackers. It was that they were stealing information. Right, yes. That's where the fine is coming from. It's not it's yeah. not hacking a game related. It's Yeah. Right. They're stealing 
people's private information. So that, yeah, that should be punished. Hacking a game, like, yeah, it sucks when people do that. But that's more of the game developer, I suppose, that needs to address that, not the law. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, when people are stealing, like, your tax returns and all your, uh, I don't know, I was going to make some porn-related joke, but I'll just leave it. (laughs) But what about your KDR? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that is, that is true. Like, definitely the fine is coming from, like, the fact that they were remotely getting access to people's machines, but it's just kind of, it's kind of crazy because, like, there really hasn't been a lot of stuff in that region of the world where the penalty has been this extreme or really where any action has been taken at all. So it's kind of a, it's a nice turn to see, I guess. It's kind of strange too. Like this is the first real major one that you hear of for like a mod or a hack or something that is actually stealing information from people. Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah, I honestly, I don't know if I've ever heard of that, you know, coming up. Would have been a good way to get, you know, information from people if they would have had World of Warcraft mods stealing information. <laughs> yeah. You're giving them ideas, Justin. Come on. I know. It's, it cut me in, though. Guys, <laughs> cut me in. <laughs> you just want 10%. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of arresting, do you guys like arrested development? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was it was good. I quit watching. I don't know, a handful of seasons in, but yeah, I'm pretty excited. the The new season is coming out here this month, so looks They're doing more good. Netflix. Yeah, it's coming to Netflix. Yeah, and apparently they have like everybody committed the whole way, so it should be much better this year. So it'll be like the disjointed stuff that happened the last season. Yeah, and apparently they like re-edited that whole season to make it completely different now. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. It's like 24 episodes instead of like 13 now. So I don't know how they pulled that off. <laughs> huh. That's interesting. I didn't know about that. Yeah. But yeah, that's one of my favorite shows of all time. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I wonder what... Uh... Michael Sarah, he's probably got nothing else going on right now, huh? Yeah. He's like, yes, more Arrested Development. I thought my career was over. And it's kind of funny, like, how that show came on, and then everybody was like, I'm too big a star to deal with this shit anymore. And then a few years later, they're like, yeah, we're not doing anything anymore. So I guess (laughs) we'll go do that again. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I'm glad they're getting more episodes. It seems to be, like, one of those shows that... It's pretty easy to go back to you know like it ages well like i mean that's the thing is like really it reached the height of its popularity like five years after it was off the air oh yeah crazy sure. yeah <laughs> like the the netflix and like internet availability after it was already discontinued is kind of what made that happen yeah yeah definitely um speaking of netflix have you guys watched lost in space at all Heard it's good. I have not. No. See, I don't know how. To, I don't know what to think about it. Because have you ever seen the show like the One Hundred or whatever? No. Nope. 
So that was a CW show where like Earth had become uninhabitable due to nuclear fallout, I believe. And then like the space station is essentially dying. So they send like a hundred people down, mostly like criminals that were in prison on the spaceship anyway, to test to see if Earth is safe again to live on. And that's kind of what this Lost in Space reboot is. Like Lost in Space, like the series, the television show, and even that shitty movie with Matt LeBlanc. I don't know who's who's the guy who played Joey from Friends. Is that the, is that the wrong one? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's yeah, terrible. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but this this series like just like strays from that. Like there are multiple ships and multiple survivors, so there's instantly like. I don't know, 50 to a hundred people that are alive. So it's not this individual family having like these weird episodic sci-fi adventures. It's kind of like this space survival drama that reminds me in, <laughs> it, it, it reminds me so much of the 100 on the CW. Um, but with, you know, the lost in space logo on it, um, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't really, it loosely lives up to, you know, the, the, the name that it's borrowing from, but it is a completely different show. It's a drama. Um, I will say we've watched maybe six episodes and I, I don't mind it. Um, I think it's good. I think it will, if you are a fan of what lost in space was, uh, you will not probably appreciate this being called lost in space, but it's, it's fine. It's, it's a decent Netflix show. Sure. It is just completely different than I was expecting, though. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't heard of that. Oh, I have to take a look at it. Yeah. I mean, I can't say it's not worth watching. I just can't say it's fantastic either. Right. But you know, <coughs> given the recent like run of content on Netflix, it's pretty good. <laughs> I've been watching last chance university or something like that oh yeah how's that it's pretty good um i don't know if you are familiar with what that is but it's kind of like a reality show right like these guys like you're trying to get in the major leagues and or nfl and yeah go there so all these players were at you know bigger colleges and got kicked out for various reasons and they end up going to this like junior college to try to get their grades up and get their name back out there to get back into a D one school. So it's kind of an interesting one. The coach is kind of a douche, but (laughs) does anyone make it or is that spoilers? Um, like they don't really go on to tell you (laughs) if they make it, uh, you can, you know, search their names. Right. And a bunch of them that we could have made it, you know, either didn't keep their grades up so they weren't able to be eligible <laughs> to play or decided to quit playing because of injuries. Huh. So like, a lot cool. of the big names, like you can look it up. It's kind of interesting. If you're not a sports fan, I don't know if you'd like it, but... <laughs> <laughs> so not for me then is what we're saying probably not <laughs> like the second season it feels like it's dragging on I think I got one episode left so 
It sounds like they're making a new one to be up there sometime within the next few months, I suppose. Is it the same school both seasons? Yeah, the first two are the same school. Okay. And, uh, like, they had, during the first season, I think it is, like, they hadn't lost in, like, two or three years. So they had this, like, outrageous record, or about to be a record. <laughs> and they lost. Spoiler. Oh. But, yeah, it's kind of interesting, you know, just for that, to see what they go through for the college sports, I suppose. Yeah, it sounds cool. Okay, on to the fail bag, where we answer questions from old gaming magazines as if they were addressed to us, so we can help these poor fools out. Um, our first question, Brett is wondering if there's a way he can send Miss Elizabeth, Elizabeth Malachy, the woman who plays Sonya from Mortal Kombat, a letter. <laughs> I'd like to send her one. Don't worry, it won't be anything derogatory. Can you help me out? When you lead off with don't worry, it won't be anything derogatory, you've basically just said, hey guys, it's going to be derogatory. Yeah. Like, no. It's, <laughs> I'm funny how, it's funny how sexual harassment was different back in the day of like letters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank God she didn't have like Twitter and Facebook. This creepy Brett would be all over. Right. He'd be like, Please send nudes, nothing derogatory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Waist up, not derogatory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to know like what content he would have put in this letter. I'm, I just wish I could get into Brett's mind. And know <laughs> like, I love you. Let's get married. We can be in Mortal Kombat 2 together. <laughs> be glorious. Uh so it's official we're not giving it to brett because brett's a perv right no and neither did the magazine they're basically <laughs> like uh yeah why don't you contact midway see if they <laughs> yeah yep it's on a bulletin board in the lobby at midway office so <laughs> yeah. just head on down you just wait pad. a few years you'll get google yep look her up now yep. i need to see what she's up to don't worry, there will be plenty of cosplay pictures for what you're after, Brett. It'll be readily available <laughs> on the internet. You won't need to contact her directly. Wow, she's only 44. Well. And she's she pretty now? <laughs> she's pretty much only done Mortal Kombat. So. Shocker. Yeah. <clears throat> well, she probably does the, you know convention circuit now you know goes around sits up the tables and maybe we'll see her at the midwest gaming classic next year yeah maybe in the personal details it says under her other works it says she's a dancer i don't know oh. how to take that uh-huh <laughs> you might get your yeah requests <laughs> brett go for it man just have some ones 
<laughs> I don't know. She could probably fight pretty good, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't go to her. Um, <laughs> kind of in that same same tone. Uh, DC McKay from Chicago says. Having just finished reading your magazine's coverage of Mortal Kombat, I have to say the author of the article deserves a major sucking chest wound. Having spent several days trying to execute the fatality for Sonya in the Genesis version of the game without success, my conclusion is that the author just made up a fatality move. This conclusion also stems from the fact that the article on Reptile states that the only character that can't fight Reptile is Sonya because... To execute her fatality, you have to use the block button. This person conveniently forgot that Scorpion also uses the block button. Why does your magazine and your contemporaries portray the female characters in video games as helpless, leggy babes who need saving or man-hating punching bags? That question kind of took a turn at the end there. I was going to say, that's a little loaded. I don't know that we want to touch this. Cause, <laughs> uh, uh, because then yeah. you get customers like uh, Brett earlier who will buy the game just based on like how Sony looks. <laughs> that's the problem. True. So the whole issue, like the first like 90% of that stemmed to an incorrect fatality code or like combo list, and then it turned into... A feminist rant? Yeah. I didn't quite get the twist yeah, like, there. Basically, like, why, why is, you know, female female sexualized? Yeah, I don't think it's a great question. That, I, I mean... It, I, I don't want to touch that. Yeah. It sells. Yeah, pretty oh, much. Oh! You pig, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody had to say it, right? But why did they make it over? Why did they make up Send the fatality? Send your hate fatality? mail to Justin at Weekend Rental Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that he's like also accusing them of just, you know, being making forging, stuff up. Yeah, yeah, forging it. Not That's as if awesome. these were like idiot teenagers who just are getting a paycheck to <laughs> write this shit, you know? What was their response? I'm curious. Oh, you're going to love this. This was from, by the way, this was from Video Games, the magazine. Oh, everyone knows this. Reputable, reputable magazine. Time-honored magazine. (laughs) So, on the accusation of them just making up fatalities, the response was, who do you think we are, EGM? We never make up anything. Wow. Yeah, that's got some balls. Starting beefs with other uh, magazines. Especially EGM. God dang. Well, you, you you have to punch up, right? If you want to make it anywhere. <laughs> That's true. There's You can't go down from where yeah. they're at. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what it's... If anything, Video Games Magazine is the only magazine that tries to break down feminine stereotypes as well. So. Oh, whatever. Well, I'm sure they accomplished a lot in the three issues that were ever published. Good okay, job, so, Video Games Magazine. So, so right next to this, there's a article 
talking about how they rotoscoped all the actresses into the game. <laughs> Obviously, they're all wearing like skimpy swimsuits. Basically, it's nice. And they got photos of it. Yes, it's Milana's. Jeez, Milana. How do I don't know how do you say it? Milana, right? It's not how you yeah. say that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, her character is just sitting there. Wow. So yeah, Ready I wouldn't say. To go. <laughs> uh. I don't think we helped yeah. them at all, but we at least confirmed that <clears throat> Video Games Magazine was complete garbage and is best forgotten. True. Is that fair? Yeah. At the same time, like, I don't think fighting games, you could say that. I mean, yeah, probably women are over-sexualized, but men are also, <laughs> also have their shirts off all the time, too. <laughs> right. Well, at least in a fighting game, like, everyone's on par, right? Like, nobody's generally overpowered, like... The skill of the player determines how well the character does and is portrayed. Yeah. Through that, you know, I don't know. Does I mean, it match the buttons better? What's that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What'd your brother call that? Like mash foo or whatever? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's plenty of examples of unfunctional, uh, outfits that women wear in a lot of video games. <laughs> well, at least we've got hallmarks, you know, like the DOA um, beach volleyball games. That, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, they they take women's sexuality very seriously and wouldn't portray them in anything that would be derogatory <laughs> or demeaning. It gets better, is what I'm saying. You know, in 2018, it's certainly still not a problem. No, for sure. <laughs> so there's that to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. At least they stopped. Uh, they, didn't they stop releasing the DOA beach volleyball games in North America? Wasn't the last one not here? So there's that, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Plenty of people still imported it, though. I don't know who wants those games. They're just hot trash. Are you saying that under your breath? <laughs> no, I'm saying that while masturbating, looking at a copy. But <laughs> I think you were talking not so long ago. You did a video about like Ona Chimbara bikini something or other. Hey, don't you dig up the past? I made that video three years ago. <laughs> Damn it! My YouTube career is biting me in the ass. <laughs> I totally forgot about wasn't the whole joke like the only way you could make that better it was like and then I made magically made like a beer teleport into my hand too and I was like 10 out of 10 <laughs> 10 out of 10 it was like the worst joke ever oh man uh, that's great I totally forgot about that that was a long time ago <laughs> I'm sorry that you remember that yeah <laughs> I just thought of it now, like after seeing all that. I'm like, oh yeah. I think I pronounced it like horribly too, didn't I? Like Wanchan Barrow or something. Like oh, I yeah. just butchered it. It was not good. <laughs> My Japanese is not great. Oh. <laughs> I don't own that game, by the way. I totally do. <laughs> <laughs> 
Pamela from uh, Dayton, Ohio asks, and once you know this is since it, this is a female, you know exactly <laughs> how this question pertains to that. <laughs> In one of your past issues, you mentioned that my favorite music group, the New Kids on the Block, might be coming to the Nintendo. Have you gotten any new information on this game? Apparently, no. <laughs> apparently, they were making a New Kids on the Block Nintendo game, NES game. So I'm wondering if there's like a prototype of that out there. Oh God! Made by Parker. I can't Brothers. even. I can't even imagine what that would have been, but not good for sure. <laughs> in the beginning of a rock band, or in the beginning of a guitar era, that sing along one. <laughs> <laughs> I had a yeah. friend in grade school who was just like absolutely obsessed with. New Kids on the Block. Like, and he was a guy, too. Just loved him. Really? Wow. Yeah. I think, like... Uh, I can't remember. I got two... My, I had two cassettes, and I can't remember which one was the first one and which one was the second one, but one of them was New Kids on the Block, and the other one was MC Hammer, and I'm not sure which one I had first. Might have been wow. New Kids on the Block, so maybe I was just as bad. <laughs> To be fair, I didn't pick them out. My mom just got me them for some reason. Sure. But is that I why your uh, name is Donnie on on? Uh, yes. <laughs> yep. You've you've cracked it. That is it. Yeah. <laughs> it's my undying love of kids on the block. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't imagine there's a prototype for this out there. And I just no. can't comprehend what this game would have been at all. No, Probably I'm a platformer. Yeah, I, I'm guessing it's some really easy, right? Like, just like, hey, we swapped out a game that we bought from Japan and put these sprites in there or something. Right. But, yeah, who knows? It's just a There's... reskin of, like, Mario Brothers 2. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Doki Doki New Kids on the Block. <laughs> doki doki don't buy this <laughs> uh yeah yeah never came out so we have no oh, idea sad uh i had to pick this one because it is somebody <laughs> that grew up in the same town that i went to school mm. david from alexandria minnesota says why doesn't Electronic Arts make anything besides sports games. I'm aware of only Haunting and the Jungle Strike game as they're only non-sports games. Uh, that's a good question even today. Because <laughs> it makes some money. That is true. I mean, they did branch into first-person shooters, so there's that, but... True. But at this point, those are almost sports, right? <laughs> on themselves. Uh, that's true. It depends e on how you look at it. Esports, I suppose. Yeah. I guess a way out is EA, right? Yeah. Okay. They got a couple other titles, too, I suppose, that I can't think of them offhand right now, but there's one that I was kind of surprised with EA. 
kind of telling though that none of us can think of anything like yeah to defend EA during that era. Like, no, that's that's about right. Road Rash, right? Wasn't that EA? Yeah, that's true. So that was pretty huge. To be fair, though, back then, like their sports games were like really friggin' good. Yeah, I mean, like you can't argue with that for sure. Well. Well, also, the whole thing is, like, why do you care that EA doesn't make anything other than sports games when you can just buy games from other companies? Like, are you that dedicated to EA that you're like, I'll only buy EA games, so it's a real <laughs> problem that they're only putting out sports games? Right. Like, if you want to play something that's not a sports game, just buy a game from another company. Just right. Saying. <laughs> I wasn't playing Madden and then be like, hmm, you know, I like these developers. I wonder how they would do an RPG. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> funny it's kind of amazing that you found one from alexandria minnesota especially back then yeah i didn't know that they even had the postal service in minnesota back then (laughs) yeah we were trying to figure out if we knew this person even but nope (laughs) you should put on a craigslist ad i'm looking for don or what was it yeah david david did you write this article i want misconnections Yes. <laughs> you wrote oh, an article. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, they had to gut that from Craigslist, though, didn't they? Because like yeah. all the sex trade, damn internet. Yeah. <laughs> you should just go door to door. Are you David? <laughs> Are you David? <laughs> Phone number on the sheet. It'll work out. Yep. When he finally calls, and be like, "Yeah, I don't know why they don't make more than sports games." <laughs> <laughs> I think I mean, they, we have a real opportunity to answer this young man's question. Right. We should do everything in our power. <laughs> Find him on Twitter. Keep going. Yep. Yep. But really, I think they probably made more non-sports games back then than they do now. Oh, and for sure. It's just that they probably weren't as available. Like Jungle Strike was huge, obviously. Yeah. But there's a ton of those like games that you never heard of, especially on the Genesis that are all EA games, but... Did they do, they did General Chaos too, didn't they? Yep. So they were like, yeah, there were some big ones. Yeah, there's a ton of them that you would just never, you look at and be like, I don't even know what that game is, but. Yeah. Well, and like you said, like the Genesis just was like so buried in sports titles from EA that you missed a lot of other stuff in the store. Yep. Didn't EA do Mass Effect series? Yeah, which yeah. is kind of a shooter, I suppose. It did, it did. The Need for Speed, I think, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was... <clears throat> Need for Speed 3, uh, Pursuit. That was fucking massive. Because that was EA back then, too, right? Still? Yep, for Hot it Pursuit was. And... Yeah. Yeah, those were fantastic games. Oh my god, I used to play that all summer. Yeah, Hot Pursuit was probably one of my favorite interest speeds, or it probably is my favorite one. I got into them on PS2 a lot. This one doesn't have a name, but he says, I currently get three magazines, and I'm very angry at all of you. <laughs> The Genesis. Go on. Do you think he wrote to all three and this is the only one that was in? Probably. Yeah. Uh, 
the Genesis versus Super Nintendo version of Mortal Kombat and the issue of censorship went on and on in all of your magazines, yet no, not one word has been mentioned about SNK censoring the home version of Samurai Showdown. SNK is blatantly ripping off Neo Geo owners. It's made no announcement, nor has it offered any explanation. I respect Nintendo for at least being open about its decision. SNK, on the other hand, has been sneaky and underhanded, as it did nothing, even after all the mags gave it gave Showdown glowing reviews. Dude, if you want the best version of fucking Neo Geo games, get an AES, you jackass. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason it doesn't have all the gore and violence, because they had to gut it to fit onto inferior systems. Quit being a whiny little bitch. Get a job. Get your $800 and then get the $300 you need for the cart and then the $150 you need for the extra controller and buy the damn thing. Yeah, you think SNK is ripping you off right now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's... uh quite the claim yeah i I guess i i don't know if he's talking about the aes version here or i assume he's talking about like the 16-bit ports like that that would be my guess yeah super nintendo because i know that one went to both super and genesis so i have to assume and they were both like wildly kind of different not well not so much wildly but like they varied quite a bit between the genesis and the super nintendo 2 so I don't. I don't. I don't. I really don't think they made choices though to weaken the violence in the game. I think they made choices to accommodate a much bigger game on a lesser hardware. So sure. I don't. I don't think SNK was like trying to get around like violence, like rules or anything like that. Yeah, it, it's really tough to know because that was a big deal back then, right? Like, right. I, I could see a lot of companies just want just you know taking the safe way out don't want to deal with it you know but <clears throat> but i mean it was snk so it's like they had their own pipeline to make a game kind of in any format they chose and i'm sure the port that went to the es was arcade perfect and these were just quick cash grabs yep yeah i don't know it's <laughs> i don't know if you're uh I don't know if your your uh, assumption that they're just sneaky and underhanded about it is one thing. This is the pre-internet. You have no idea like what they're what they announced right. or anything like that. So this is true. But yeah, I th- think that's all I got for this week. So Justin, you want to take us out? Yeah. So you can find. Um, everything social media on our website. It's going to be www.weekendpodcast.com. And there'll be links to our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Um, and as mentioned earlier, uh, feel free to send us email comments, anything like that, to our email, um, which is weekendrentalpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, like Ryan had said earlier. Uh, do leave us reviews 
on there. It does help um, everything to be found easier. And as always, be kind. Rewind. Bananas. Bananas. Banana. I mean, there's always money in the banana stand. <laughs>